welcome y'all to the first episode of the Out of View NBA show. On this first episode, I'm going to talk about some of the observations that I have from week one of the NBA season. Then I'll get into some of the bold predictions that I have for this NBA year. Then I'll finish off with our gambling segment, Lock and Men, along with the top sleeper that I have for those that are interested in fantasy basketball. So it's a jam-packed episode. Like, subscribe, comment, and let me know what you guys think about this first episode. Let's get right into it. season has definitely been exciting. It's been nice to see a lot of these teams integrate and reintegrate some pieces that they may have acquired during the offseason or players that may have been out during uh, last season due to injuries. In New Orleans, for example, they have, they've had to reintegrate Zion Williamson. It's been exciting to watch them play. Unfortunately, Zion Williamson got injured this weekend. It doesn't look like it will be anything that's serious and that would keep him out for an extended period of time. But for the few games that he did play with the New Orleans Pelican, they've been extremely competitive and they're looking good. Once they're able to really find some sort of chemistry and an identity, they will be a formidable team in the Western Conference. So I like what's what's going on down there in New Orleans. The Jazz have, have definitely been a surprise to me. Uh, we all thought they were going to be a team that's tanking. And I know it's, it's only been one week and, and there's still a lot of games to be played, but I liked what I've seen out of the Jazz. They're definitely not going to be a team that, that just folds and goes into the game games with, with a plan to lose and, and not play with effort, man. They have a lot of veteran players that know how to play the game properly, so they'll be competitive. Ainge is definitely going to have his work cut out for, for him. He may have to, I guess, trade some of their veterans so he's able to tank. He probably will do that at some point during the season. But for now, I mean, he'll probably just let them just go out there and play. So there's just been exciting basketball all around association. Just want to get into some of the quick observations that I made during the first week of NBA action. So let's start off with the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers have been, I guess, the topic of discussion around association for their, I guess, I wouldn't say lack of effort, but just for, uh, I guess, a terrible team construct. I guess I think that's what LeBron called it, right? Called it a terrible, it's not a team that's constructed of shooters. And it, it really isn't. I mean, the fact that Rob Pelinka would go into the offseason and, I guess, add guys to the team that don't compliment LeBron James, Anthony Davis, or Russell Westbrook in any sort of way is, is pretty baffling to me. You think, I mean, he's been around basketball for a number of years at this point. You think that he would have, I guess, just enough common sense to understand that, uh, I guess, they don't really have players that, that can shoot. And it'd probably be important that he pick players that are shooters around uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis to kind of make uh, their jobs a little easier and complement their skill sets. So, the Lakers are going to definitely have a tough season. I don't really see how they get out of this situation. Uh, they don't really have many assets on the team. Russell Westbrook, he, he's, it's going to be difficult to trade him um, from the Lakers. They may have to attach some, 
some assets, some some first round picks in order to get anything of value in return. And I don't think they really want to do that. So the Lakers are going to be in a tough spot. It's more than likely going to be a down year for them uh, this season. And I think LeBron James is going to be just playing for that all-time scoring record. So you can cross up the Lakers off your list if you think they're going to mount anything this year. I think the, the first few games that they play this year are, are a good indication as to where they're probably going to finish when the season is is uh, all said and done. I know it's still early, and I know there's still a lot of basketball we play, but they just don't have uh, the best team construct out there. They don't really have a way to really uh, improve their team in any sort of way. Another quick observation that I made during this week is the Boston Celtics look really good. Like I said, I know these a lot of these observations are premature, so I don't want to look too deeply into any of these observations. A lot will change from now to the end of the season. But, I mean, just they just look like a team that's focused. They look like a team that's, that's, that's motivated. They look like a team that really wants to get back to playing in the finals. And it's, it's good to see that they definitely are playing with the foundation that they built last season. They're playing with a tough defensive focus. They still have uh, an offensive pecking order that they'd established last season under Coach Amy Yudoka. And they've added some depth to their team, man. They got Malcolm Brogdon, who, who's looking like he's a great addition to the team. They added Noah Vonley. He's not probably the most skilled offensive player, but he adds some toughness to uh, to their front core, and, and, and he competes. He plays hard on the defensive end, and he's, he's a good rebounder, so he's definitely a good piece that they added during the summer. Derek White is, is looking a little more comfortable in the lineup. And I think, like I said, man, they just look a lot more focused. And I definitely do think they're, they have a good chance of getting to the finals this year. They're probably one of the more skilled teams in the Eastern Conference. And they're playing with a focus and a, a level of motivation that will probably get them there if they can sustain this for for the whole year. So we'll see where they, where they finish when it's all said and done. But I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Boston Celtics in this early part of the, the NBA season. Benedict Matherin from the Indiana Pacers. He's who the Pacers, I guess, selected with their uh, draft pick during the 22 uh, draft. He's been phenomenal, man. He's He's been a joy to watch in this early part of the NBA season. He's been out there just competing and just killing guys. He's, he's definitely one of those guys who's a dog. You see it. I mean, every possession he's out there trying to kill guys. He's out there just going got, uh, going after guys' heads um, each time he steps on the court. So I love what I see out of Benedict Matherin. He's definitely going to be a good player to pair alongside Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I think they'll complement each other really well. He's a skilled player uh, who can who can shoot it. He, like I said, he plays fearless, and he's been a treat to watch in these in this early part of the year. So I like what I'm seeing out of, out of him. Uh, it might be a long shot for him to win rookie of the year, but um, he's definitely going to be in in the race to do that. And uh, I'm excited to, to see how his career pans out. Um, I love everything that I'm seeing out of that guy, man. He's been a treat to watch in, in uh, the first few games of his career. Since we're on, I'm already on the, the topic of rookies, I might as well just 
talk about what I've loved from Paulo Banquero. Uh, the first pick of the Orlando Magic. He's been, he's, he surprised me. I didn't know that he was as good of a player. He definitely has really good intangibles. He's a lot more dynamic than I thought he would be. He goes out there and, and he's really selfless as a player. He doesn't really force much. He rebounds pretty well. He, he definitely just plays a all-around good floor game. So I think the Orlando Magic definitely got themselves a good one. They got themselves a cornerstone that they can build uh, around for, for years to come. And like I said, man, he's definitely a, be a good complement around some of the, the talents that they have on their team currently. And I think he's going to be a guy that's pretty easy to, to build around with, I guess, all the different skill sets that he has in his game. So I like what I've seen out of Apollo in his first few games of the season. Another uh, quick observation from this early part of the season is the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> uh, I mean, they need to find a way to, I guess, and I, I would even say it's them that need to find a way to to establish Ben Simmons. I think it's Ben Simmons who has to find a way to be more aggressive. But I mean, it's it's kind of tough to say that considering that, I mean, this is, he probably is who he is at this point in his career. He's, he's not, he's not aggressive on offense at times. And I think if he plays passively as he's been playing during this first week, the Brooklyn Nets are going to have their work cut out for them. It seems like they're playing a lot of isolation basketball. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving seem to just be uh, taking turns on offense. And I don't think it's something that they want to do. I think it's something that they feel like they need to do just because there's not a lot of talent on that squad. There's not a lot of guys on that team that can really create shots for themselves. There's a lot of spot-up shooters that are around them. And so it, it makes it, I guess, a little difficult for them to take decreased role on offense and, and play equal opportunity type of uh, offensive system. But, I mean, when you got guys that are that skill, that's probably not what you want to do. You want to put the ball in their hands and let them create plays. But... I don't know. It's just, they're just, there's, it seems like they're just missing something on that team. Though those guys, I mean, are phenomenal players to, to watch. It's something on that team is missing. And I thought Ben Simmons would, would be a good compliment around those two guys. But I mean, he's, he's playing extremely passive and I just don't like what I'm seeing out of Brooklyn. So those are, I guess, some of the quick observations from, from the first week of the NBA season. Now let's get into some of the bold predictions that I have for the year. All right, so the first bold prediction that I have for this NBA season is James Harden, who averaged over 25 points per game. I don't think that's that's really bold at this point. I mean, James Harden, if you've been watching him play, he's looking a lot a lot better of shape than he was last year. It seems like uh, he's no longer rehabbing the hamstring anymore, and he's playing a lot more freer. Uh, that might just be, I guess, uh, a result of just him uh, being more comfortable playing around, playing with Joel Embiid and, and having players that, I guess, best complement his game. Whatever the reason is that he's playing uh, more motivated and less timid 
I like I like what I'm seeing, man. He's not like I said, he's not playing passive and he and he's playing a aggressive on offense. So like I said, he there's there's no doubt in my mind that he will get closer to the version of James Harden that we have all I guess grown accustomed to to watch him play over the years. Next bold prediction that I have is the Los Angeles Lakers will miss the playoffs. I mean, I feel like none of these uh, predictions that I have are really bold at all. Uh, I think they're just, they're just more so just regular predictions. But, I mean, from what we've seen from, from the Los Angeles Lakers, the Lakers don't look like a team that is going to be competitive in any sort of way. They look like a team that's going to struggle a lot. Like I said in the previous segment, man, they, they just don't have a team that was built properly. A lot of the guys just don't really complement each other. They're definitely going to struggle over the course of this year. LeBron will win the scoring title. I think LeBron, um, I mean, that's probably the only thing he's playing for this year. He's chasing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not far off. He definitely will have his foot on the pedal for a large majority of the year. And uh, I guess that's what he's going to be playing for this year, to just make sure that he can score as many points that he possibly can to get that all-time NBA scoring record. It's definitely going to happen at some point during the season. And the Lakers aren't playing for playing for anything, so he's going to definitely not have to conserve his energy from getting a game and just go all out and, and pile up those points and get that record. The Los Angeles Clippers will come out of the Western Conference. I think the, the Los Angeles Clippers have a team that's switchable, a team that has a lot of different wings that are versatile, that can do a number of different things. They're not one-dimensional players. So uh, I think the Los Angeles Clippers are probably one of the deeper teams in the Western Conference and the NBA uh, as a whole. So I like what the Clippers I like the type of pieces that the Clippers have in their squad. And I think that they have what it takes to, to get out the Western Conference and beat probably, I think, the second best team in the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series. So that's my pick to come out of the Western Conference. And my pick to come out of the, the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are just, I think, like I said, they're focused and they're motivated. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They got a, it's a lot of good role players on their team alongside. They got superstars in Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum who who got a great taste of the finals. And, and now they know what it takes to kind of play elite level basketball and what it's going to take to to win at the highest of levels. So I think it was a great experience. Losing in the finals, I know that's never a great feeling, but Sometimes you got to go through those things to, to kind of just figure things out and know what you have to do to improve and, and be the best that you can be. I like the Boston Celtics' chances to get out the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's going to be my team that, that gets out the East. The next bold prediction that I have is Steve Nash will, will be fight at the end of the season. And like I said earlier, man, I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are are going to, uh, I guess, amount to or achieve some of the goals that they have for themselves so, so, uh, this season. They're definitely one of those teams where it's championship or bust. I mean, they have too much talent on their team to not be a contender 
And I, at the same time, I do think that they are, they still have some grown pains that they have to go through. They still got to figure out, I guess, an identity and set a culture for themselves as a team. And I think they're going to need, I guess, a scapegoat when it's all said and done. And, and Steve Nash is more than likely going to be that scapegoat when they don't achieve uh, some of the goals that they, they've set out for themselves. So he probably won't make it past this season. I mean, if they get to the finals, he probably will be able to preserve his job, but I just don't see it happening, man. The Brooklyn Nets, they just have way too many holes and too many issues with their with their team. Kevin Durant, he's, he's a little older. They're probably going to have to rely on him too much during the regular season to even get them I guess, a top four or five seed. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough one for the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't think Steve makes it past this season. Next bold prediction that I got in the last bold prediction is the Memphis Grizzlies are going to take a significant step back. I do not see the Grizzlies being a top four seed in the Western Conference. I think the Grizzlies, they're a good team and they've been on an upward trajectory over the course, over the last few seasons. but they're not going to be a, as good a, as they were last year. And just for the simple fact that the West is better and they, they're just still missing some elite level players to be able to compete with the best of the best in the league. Um, John Morant, he's a phenomenal player. He's, he's definitely a superstar talent. One player can only do so much. The Grizzlies, they at first, for a young team, they definitely do play great defense they compete every game but to win in this league you need superstars man the grizzlies they're missing i guess several superstars and hey i will say this man they're, they're a young team and that superstar that that's a second or third option may be on the team that person hasn't emerged yet and they're just not there yet they're gonna be a team that takes a step back this year and and hopefully Next year, man, they, they may be able to package some of the uh, really good players that they have on their team to get that player, or maybe that player may emerge on their team, but this will be a season where they take a step back as a squad. So those are my bold predictions for this season. Now let's get into our next segment, which is the lock and in segment, the gambling portion of our show. Let's get right into it. This is a lock them in segment. It's the gambling part of our show where we get some of the over and under picks that we have for the week. This week is going to be a little different. We're going to give over and under picks based on conference seating. So the first lock them in pick that I have is the Denver Nuggets. Currently, the Denver Nuggets are favorited at the under. Five and a half minus 140. I'm going to go with the over. I think Denver Nuggets are going to be significantly improved for the simple fact that they have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. getting back, coming back to the lineup. They were out last season due to injuries. When those guys played in previous years, the Denver Nuggets would finish anywhere from the first to the fourth seed. What the Nuggets were also able to do during the summer is they added Bruce Brown and Contavious Cobble Pope. Those are main summer additions, and those guys are definitely going to beef up the rotation and give them a little more defensive versatility on the floor. I kind of like what they will bring to the Nuggets, and I think it's a no-brainer that the Nuggets will, will be in 
probably the top five seeds, considering that they're going to have a lot more depth to their roster. And they were a sixth seed uh, uh, without, uh, I guess, a lot of these guys on their team. So I like that bet on the over. And the Nuggets are definitely going to be a much more improved team this season. The next Lockman pick I got is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're currently favored at the under. Six and a half minus 145. I'm going to go with the over. I think the Cavs, they definitely surprised some, some people last season. For majority of the year, they were in the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference. Injuries impacted their season a lot. They kind of fell significantly. And on top of that, I know the East, um, there's probably a, a two to three game separation between the second and I think it was the fifth or sixth seed. So it was extremely competitive. And, and I think now that the Cavs have gotten some experience, in addition to adding Donovan Mitchell during the summer, they're going to be a lot better of a team. I think uh, going with the over is definitely the move here. They, they were seventh in defensive rating last season, and they'll be a lot more improved in offensive rating by adding Donovan Mitchell to the lineup and having, I guess, Chris LeVert be the main guy uh, coming off the bench. Uh, I think offense is definitely going to be uh, a lot more improved this season than, than where it was last season. So like I said, I like them at the over, and I think that's definitely the pick to go with when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The next Lockman pick that I got is the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers are currently favorited at the over, 6.5 minus 140. I'm going to go with the under. There's no way the Lakers are going to be a, a playoff team. That's not happening. I talked about this in previous segments as to why I think the Lakers are a terrible team. They don't have any shooters. The, the build of the team uh, doesn't really make much sense. They don't have uh, enough talent after uh, Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James. I mean, I would even include Westbrook in that list. He's, he's still a talented player. He just doesn't really fit uh, the Lakers' uh, current team. So the Lakers, like I said, I'm going with the under. I mean, at best, they're probably going to be a playing team. So I think that's definitely uh, the pick to go with when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. My last Lockman pick is the Detroit Pistons. Currently, the Detroit Pistons are favorited at the under, 13.5 minus 180. I'm going to go with the over. The Detroit Pistons, I mean, the Detroit Pistons, they haven't really improved much uh, from last season. But I think uh, a lot of their guys got experience from last year. They're a young team. What I did like about the Pistons last season is they competed every game. They play hard defensively. They're, they don't have the most talented squad, but like I said, this is not a bet for the for the Pistons to be a playing team or a playoff team whatsoever. It's a bet that they won't be the bottom two, one of the bottom two teams in the Eastern Conference this year. And I think uh, they'll be better than that. Not to say, like I said, not to say they'll be a playing team or anything like that, but they'll be just a little bit better than the 14th or 15th seed this season. So that's my last Lockman pick. And yeah, uh, next week we'll we'll do a, a whole totally different Lockman segment where we talk about some of the picks that we have for the week.
So that's it for the lock them in segment. All right, so now let's get into the last segment of our show. This is the top five fantasy basketball sleepers for the week. If you didn't get a chance to see our selections from last week, go to utterview.com. That's O-U-T-E-R-V-U.com. I'll leave the link down below in the description. Our five picks from last week were Wendell Carter Jr., Gordon Hayward, Christian Wood, Josh Giddy, and Benedict Matherin. Let's get into the top five sleeper picks that I have for this week. Let's start off with pick number one, which is Trey Jones from the San Antonio Spurs. Trey Jones will have ample amount of playing time to, I guess, get good numbers. He's not the greatest of shooters, but he has a a high basketball IQ, so he knows how to pick his shots and uh, take good shots to make sure that his shooting percentages are are pretty high. He typically has a high field goal percentage. Uh, He's not one of those players that I guess will get you a lot of assists, but he's a steady point guard. So if you're looking for someone that that you can rely on from game to game and and provide you a, a steady stat line. Uh, he's definitely a good pickup uh, at the point guard position. Next pick is Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, uh, he plays for the Indiana Pacers. He's a power forward uh, and center. Miles Turner is currently dealing with an injury, so Jalen Smith is he's getting a bullet of his minutes while he's out. Jalen Smith is a, he's a guy who uh, will definitely get you a double-double each game that he plays. He, he's a pretty active big man that can stretch out and, and shoot the three every now and then. So he'll definitely get you a double-double every game that he plays. If you need someone, like I said, that's going to be steady and who can contribute in, in multiple categories each game, Jalen Smith is definitely a good pickup. I don't know if he's going to be a long-term uh, great pickup, but I mean, for the time being, while Miles turned this out, he's definitely somebody that you should add during this week of games. Next pick is Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray was the draft pick of the Sacramento Kings. Keegan Murray is, is definitely a great shooter. He's not the, the best of, of rebounders or defensive players, but... He definitely will still contribute in a, in a number of categories. He'll get you at least 15 points per game. He'll get you a couple threes. He'll get you about five to six rebounds. And he'll do all of that with, with pretty good efficiency. So I think his, his numbers will definitely improve as the season goes along. So it's probably best that you try to add him right now. Uh, while I guess his numbers aren't the best. And I guess... Many people uh, don't know much about him, but I like uh, the value that he brings. And I, I think he's going to be a good pickup for the fact, like I said, that he's, uh, he gets you threes on good efficiency and, and he'll get you, uh, he'll be a steady a guy to have on your team if you're looking for some, some good outside shooting and efficiency. Next pick I got is Larry Markman. I don't think at this point he's a hidden gem. Um, I think everybody kind of knows what he's been doing during week one of the NBA season. I do see, I guess, his numbers dropping a little bit during this week and in the weeks to come. But I think he'll still provide uh, you a, a double-double. He's probably going to be uh, who the Jazz uh, run the offense to. So, uh, yeah, he'll definitely get his numbers in some sort of way. I don't know if his efficiency is going to be as high as it currently is. If he's still out there in, in your league and he's available to pick up, definitely do pick him up. 
they'll be thanking me later. Larry, Larry Marklin is, is a guy who's going to get you at least 20 and 10. He's going to get you a couple threes. He will get you a couple blocks. So he's definitely going to be one of those guys that, that contributes to almost every category. So he's, he's a great pickup. Add him to your team if you haven't already done that. You'll, like I said, you'll definitely be thanking me later for the contributions he has to, to your team. Next pickup is, is another Utah Jazz, Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk, um, like I said, the Utah Jazz right now, uh, they got players who really know how to play. Kelly is a great veteran. He's a great role player. He knows how to play this game. He'll be one of those guys that contributes on offense. His rebounding's a little inconsistent. He may get you five to six rebounds, but he's a steady player for the most part. It seems like the Jazz are also featuring him on offense a lot. Uh, he's one of those players that can dribble, pass, and shoot. He has his limitations on defense, so don't really expect him to, like I said, to have to average a double-double or to get you any blocks or steals. But he will uh, get you points uh, pretty efficiently, and he'll have a good free-throw percentage, and he'll contribute significantly pretty much on the offensive end. So Kelly's definitely a good sleeper uh, pickup. I think his numbers are going to be solid throughout the year. And he's definitely someone that you should add on your team if you're looking for a big man that, that will provide some sort of offense. So those are my top five sleeper picks for this week's fantasy basketball fans out there. So that is it for the show. It's definitely been exciting to to record this, this first out of you NBA show. This is going to be a show that I do at least once a week. I may add other shows at some point during the season, but uh, definitely like, subscribe, comment, let me know what you guys think of this first episode. If you want to email me some fan submitted questions, or you can do that at outerview at gmail.com. That's O U T E R V U at gmail.com. Or you can leave some questions down below in the comment section. And I'll definitely have a segment um, starting. I don't know if I'm going to be next week, but possibly a week three of the NBA season where I answer some fan submitted questions. So I enjoy doing this first show and I'm excited uh, for what's to come during this season. And I'm out. Enjoy. Enjoy.